In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to my guest about being pushed into a corner, made to feel uncomfortable, and creating change in order to find freedom and choice, designing a life on purpose. Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to changemakers who want to lead, inspire, or transform the world for the better. My name is Ravi Tour. I'm a straight shooter with a no BS approach. This podcast is meant to be thought provoking, to get your attention, and mostly, I want to encourage change and movement from folks just like you and me. I'll cover things like world issues, mindset, and theory. So stick around, tune in, and let your mind be the map to your revolution. Welcome to episode 18 of Lit. My name is Ravi Tour and I'm your host. I am super excited to have you guys on the show today. I have a guest that I'm going to be interviewing. Her name is Ashley Cheeks. She is the founder and CEO of Written Success, and she's going to tell us more about it. Today, I want to go through her story and share with you exactly what it looks like for ordinary people, although she's not very ordinary today, but for ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So in today's episode, I'm going to just kick it right off with saying, welcome, Ashley, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Ravi. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Yo, you guys, she is pretty rad, so I'm excited to share her story. And she officially kicks off the interview series. So, woo! Right? (laughs) Super exciting. Super excited. So why don't you jump on in, Ashley, and tell everybody who you are, where you're from, what you do, and why you're here. Oh, my gosh. I am, so Ashley Cheeks, as you've properly announced, I am in Houston, Texas. And yes, it is warm and muggy, but it is absolutely the happiest place for me. Um, I, like you said, run Written Success from here, and I support entrepreneurs all over the world um, as they launch their business and they grow and scale. Um, But this is something that I kind of stumbled into. It was really funny how it all got started, um, but it's definitely my passion today. Um, So it's definitely something that I'm I'm excited about all the time. I love it. And so when you and I um, had met originally, so just to tell you guys how this process works, I vet everybody who comes on the show. So not everybody I interview to be a guest on the show actually makes it because it's important that you guys actually get people who legit have real stories that are there to empower you. And for Ashley, your story was really unique because it was something that you stumbled into. So why don't you go into that a little bit and explain to these guys what that looks like and how you stumbled into written success. Yeah. It, and it was when I talked to you originally about this, it was a surprise to me even hearing it, how far I've come since it first started. But in the beginning, I actually worked in corporate. So I had no business plan experience that was direct um, at that time. But what I did have was a frustration and I was in a really good job and I actually loved what I did, but I worked for a company that, um, you know, me being behind the desk all day was so critical that I didn't have any flexibility. There was no freedom. And I ended up in a place where I was starting to just resent everything about my job. It was, I was trapped. It was just like, every day, this is, I'm going to live my life. And one day we found out that my son, um, at the time he was about nine months old, he was um, diagnosed with a brain abnormality. 
And at that time, we had to go into these crazy bouts of, you know, therapy all the time. We were going in and out, taking him to doctor's appointments. And it was just kind of crazy. Um, and at that time, my manager said, Ashley, you've got to be behind your desk. You can't keep leaving on lunch breaks to go take your kid to wherever you go. And for me, it was like a switch. I was like, well, you just made me like you made this decision so easy for me. It, there's no no way for me to go around saying that I have to find an alternative. Um, and at that time. I didn't know what that alternative was. I mean, Ravi, I was completely lost. I was just like, I don't know what I have to do next, but there has to be a shift. And I started going through what I know now to be a huge mind block removal. Yeah. And instead of there's nothing else, you know, there I'm trapped. I have no options. All of a sudden it was like, there's potential here. I have skills. I have gifts. I have things that I can grow into and leverage and maximize. And long story short, I wrote my own business plan for myself. Wow. And I, it was not something I knew. I didn't know what I was doing, but um, looking back on it, that's exactly what I was doing. Um, and I ended up writing my way out of my own company and starting Written Success and helping other people to leave their nine to five and to find what makes them happy and to seek the money they need to make that dream come true. And it just became such a huge force, but it definitely came out of a place of rawness and of being honest about the fact that I can do anything if I remove those blocks and limits. I just have to believe that I'm capable of more than what I am today. Yeah. And you, you actually have hit even more pieces than we had talked about. Like we briefly talked about your transition, but there's a few things that have stood out for me here. And the first one was, let's talk about the resentment, right? That, and I know that you felt it obviously, but it's something that was very similar to my end of corporate uh, life. And then I believe that a lot of people who listen to Lit can really grasp that idea of being resentful towards something that, you know, is part of your life. And so for me, let's just take it back a bit. I became resentful in that um, end period. And it was actually quite some time before that end came, but that resentment started to become stronger and stronger. And so what did that kind of look like for you day in and day out for somebody to be able to kind of pinpoint it in their lives? What did that resentment show? How did you show up? It was really funny because it, it wasn't negative at first. At first, it was more like a grind and it was kind of um, something I accepted. It was like, okay, yeah, I have to wake up early and I have to show up. And I actually loved my job. Yeah. I loved the people I worked with. But over time, it was just like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't feel motivated to show up and to and to stay late and to give my extra and to take on new projects. I don't, I don't feel it. I don't want to. I feel angry that you yeah. guys are making me do this. And so you love the yeah. job. Yes. But you were waking up angry and you were waking up just kind of that feeling like this can't be it. Yes. Like there has to be something more. There has to be something else I can be doing right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of you've seen on Facebook, especially um, or anybody that's exposed to media anywhere, you see these success stories of people, they say, you know, oh, I'm traveling the world and I'm doing this and I'm experiencing that. And, and depending on who you are and, and where you are in your journey, those things can actually piss you off. And yeah. you can just kind of be like, I'm not worse or dumber or, you know, I, I deserve to have that experience. How did they do it? But I can't do it. Um, which back then I was like, I don't know what that looks like to do that. Like, I don't even know what the next step in my path would be to really fulfill everything that I want to do in my life. Um, so it was so, just like this hopelessness. Right. And so that hopelessness is now compounded with 
all these media messages of, oh, look at this wonderful life and look at what I'm doing and look at what's happening here and you can achieve this too. And I'm sure every fucking person who's been on YouTube has been hit with some form of advertisement in terms of change your life, make it better, blah, blah, blah. If you and just, it's so easy. Oh, it's so <laughs> easy. You can make $151,000 with this one funnel, right? And all this shit, right? And that's not exactly how it goes. That's, that's the end result for many people. It's just not the beginning. And so for me, it's important in our stories to highlight what does a beginning really look like? And I think it's important to say that, you know, and I felt this as well is the resentment creeped up in different ways and it had different stages of growth, right? At first it wasn't really anything and then it became something and then it morphed into anger and then frustration into hopelessness and a total drain, right? Yeah. And so what I found interesting was the, the pivotal point was when somebody actually at work, your manager challenged you when it came to your life, mm-hmm. what was most precious to you at the time, your son, and I'm sure it's still constantly uh, the most precious thing in your life, but you had to make a choice, right? You were forced to make a choice. And so it, was, yeah. it, it apparently became super easy, but why was it so super easy? It was definitely a do or die moment. So if I hadn't had an ultimatum, to be honest with you, I probably would still be in my miserable box. Yeah. I needed that push off the cliff because had it been about anything else, had they said, Ashley, we're going to cut your pay. Ashley, you're going to have to work more hours. I probably would have just dealt with it. Yeah. But because it was like a family thing, because it was, you know, this is, you only have so many um, opportunities to make the best of your child's life. And especially when you're talking about medical stuff, I mean, there's, there has to be a solution that meets my child's need. So there was, there was no debate there. I had to make action happen. Um, but had I not had that push, I, I wouldn't have had an incentive enough to create that clarity for myself. I wasn't uncomfortable enough otherwise. As miserable as I was, it was still a safe place because I knew what to expect every day. Yeah. When you jump off the cliff and you quit and you go, well, shit, where's my next paycheck coming from? That's a really uncomfortable place to be in. And so, of course, we stay safe and we stay where it's most comfortable. But if you do that, you don't grow. And you don't find out what you're capable of and what, what else you can do to change your own life. So I'm, I'm grateful for that manager as much as I, I didn't have gratitude at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely grateful now for everything that that pushed me into. Absolutely. And I think all those success stories that you do hear, a lot of them do start off in a place where it is that do or die. You have been made to feel uncomfortable. You have no choice. You have to figure out what it is you really want. And what you had said earlier was being honest with yourself, right? Like, what is it you really want? What is it you need? And at the time, it was care for your son. And you needed a quality of life, too, by the sounds of it, right? There was a significant need of quality of life, kind of a reclaiming of your own life and and going back to the Ashley that was there even a year ago or two years ago who loved the job. It just, you had lost the spark, right? And so for me as well, it was very similar in the sense that there was a point that pushed, but it, it wasn't until that push that came, right, that I got really uncomfortable and had to make the decision. Otherwise, just like you, and I think a lot of audience members can relate, just like you, we can get pretty fucking stuck in the mediocrity of life and just 
accepting things. We make up so many excuses internally to justify why it's okay, right? It's a self-protective mechanism. We're trying to stay safe and stay happy and comfortable. And in the, in the, in the process, we become miserable because we're never yeah. doing anything more. And we know we don't like, but we can't get out of that hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and it makes me sad to think about so many people waiting for that push. They're just waiting for that push. And some people will never get it. You right. know, if you don't have that, that, that aha moment for yourself to say, I'm going to have to be my own hero in this. And I'm going to have to just become more uncomfortable, even if it doesn't seem like it makes sense to do it. Yeah. You know, through that discomfort, you're going to grow and it's going to become such an amazing journey, but you have to get through that, that walking across the coals moment first. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're going to take anything away from this episode today, right now would be this time to stop and think about what it is that makes you uncomfortable? What can shift you by becoming uncomfortable? It might be something so small, right? But in order for you to make huge changes, it is true. You do need to grow. And that means that there has to be something that makes you uncomfortable. Remember episode 17 and 16, right? The evolution and being able to grow. It comes through experiences. And the more, just like teeth, you're uncomfortable there's a little bit of pain, greater pain, that's where you're going to grow exponentially. And so that, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you guys that this, this is a real life example of a woman. Sure, I could be shooting you guys some shit all day long. I could not be real. But here's a real woman, Houston, Texas, who's, who's doing it, who was pushed, who is made to feel uncomfortable, and then got honest with herself, right? There's a massive self-awareness component here, too, that you took on. So you went from being pushed, having a son who was suffering from some serious issues that was obviously putting strain on a mother, a woman, a a family, right? Like we can all imagine. So how do you get yourself out of the shit? Because that's part of it, right? How do you get yourself out of the shit and solution focused? I'll be honest with you. It was not a short-term process. So when I finally had that moment where a manager challenged everything that I thought I wanted for my own life because I was slotted to become an executive within the company. It was not um, an easy thing for me to just go, well, screw it. I'm going to go start start something new. It, right. it wasn't. There was, there was a future. I was miserable, though I was, but there was still a path forward. When I sat down and built my exit strategy, my business plan to leave, it was a nine-month runway. Yeah. I said, I have to last for the next nine months based on like I built the business plan. I said, okay, so it's going to take nine months to actually start this new business. And that was the longest nine months of my life. It was the yeah. most miserable. It was like, it was like just the worst countdown you could absolutely imagine because I hated it. I hated my job. I didn't want to put anything into it. And I knew that once I actually jumped ship, there was no turning back. I couldn't just go get my job back. Once I walked out that door, it was over. I had to make this work or everything was going to come crashing down. And married, but was the breadwinner at the time. And I mean, you name it, there was something writing on just me being successful in this. So you let me just take this back for one second, because I think it's important. You created an exit strategy, knowing you were the breadwinner. Yep. How did that go over for yourself and your family? Yeah, it well, I mean, my husband, super great guy, amazing he had some serious fears. So right. me taking this leap was like, it was, it was rough. It was oh, not, 
it was not like a, Oh yeah, honey, good, good for you. I no, it was like, wait a minute. You've got the health insurance. You make way more money. You right? have two kids it was at the time under the age of three. It was like, what the hell are you doing woman? And I was like, this has to, this has to work. I have to make this work. So no, it was not easy. Yeah, <laughs> it was not easy. And thank goodness he is who he is. Cause he grew with me big time. Um, but he wasn't necessarily my biggest fan in that period, you know, and, um, it made it that much more difficult when you don't have a support system, which a lot of women and men, a lot of us that are trying to do something that is a little challenging. If you don't have a good support system, the hills that much steeper, um, but the rewards are that much greater. So it's definitely no reason to not move forward, but be honest with yourself at that moment, because if you know you're going in it with either people holding you back or just not helping you forward, brace yourself, be love yourself, be self-aware that it's going to be a challenge and get ready because you're going to tackle some serious stuff, but it's going to be worth it in the end. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really important piece because, you know, what you said there also was that he, although, you know, as great of a human being as he is, and I, I can totally hear it, there is a flaw there in the sense that he wasn't supportive, but it wasn't a, um, a negative thing. It was actually fear-based. It's exactly how we all operate. We, a lot of us operate out of fear, right? And so part of lit is to shake the shit out of you so you can wake up and stop being so fearful, take action, right? But your husband not only was scared of what was going to happen, and health insurance is a huge one, especially for you Americans, because you know it's not so readily accessible, but also you now are creating the exit strategy because you'd have a major health concern in the house, right? So as an entrepreneur, FYI, health benefits are like a dreamer's disease kind of thing, right? So he's not on board, but what you said was super important. Number one, you said there's going to, the reality is it's not everybody's going to be on board. Not everybody shares your fucking dream. Get that straight, right? So having that self-awareness, that honesty, that truth, and that dedication to yourself and your dream, knowing it's going to work out is a big piece of the battle. But then also being okay with your support system, not knowing what to expect, right? And to be able to move by showing leadership. That's what you did there, right? You took your husband, you know, metaphorically by the hand, if you will, and said, this is going to work. And each day you, you progressed, right? You developed more because there's, there is something not only about leaving a job, changing paths, taking, uh, taking a running start at something completely different, but also doing it sort of blindly, not sure, trusting, having that faith. There's a massive personal growth opportunity there. So it started with you in your life in your home, with you, only you. And then what you did by influence was you helped your husband grow to see the possibility. And, and I'm sure it's absolutely grown more than just seeing possibility, as you say, right? I, yeah. I mean, it's come full circle to where last year he quit his job to take on <laughs> a new business himself. It, and it's totally ironic because he was never that guy. Wow. <laughs> he was never the one. And yeah, so it's so... Then he, he says to me now, Ashley, thank you for showing me what this could look like and for doing what you did even when I wasn't 100% on board. He's 
totally self-aware that he wasn't doing what he should have been doing back then as far as being supportive and just being kind-heartedly open-minded. Um, and he said, you know, I was scared. I was so scared we were going to lose everything. And, you know, not to be dramatic, but we almost did lose everything a few times. Um, you, you approach those things with the I can't fail mentality and you always figure out a way as long as you stay the course and stay motivated and, and stay positive and action-minded um, because there's, there's going to be no shortage of challenges, but it is pretty ironic thinking back on how against it he was. And then thinking about his, his leap last year. And it's, it's one of the most beautiful things to watch is, you know, seeing him be so excited about his own business. And, you know, he didn't know that was even possible for himself. He didn't know that was his dream. And now wow. he's living a dream. He didn't even realize that he had because he allowed himself to just take down those blocks and those barriers and just kind of go, what do I want? What do I really want? What would really make me happy? And, you know, and, and to be fair, I do that with my entrepreneurs every day. That's, that's, that's part of what I do with people. But for him, it was just that much more special to see somebody you love go through this revelation of, yeah, you, you, you want and deserve more and you can get it if you just decide you're ready to go chase it. That was definitely cool. So that is just like, that's music to my ears because this is what I talk to these guys about day in and day out. Every Wednesday, I drop the shit because that's is what I want you guys to understand, right? I want you to recognize that there is more if you dig deep and learn about yourself because now your husband, through seeing you, through watching you, through being around you is influenced to make a change in his life. And that starts by getting real with himself, right? Who am I? What do I want? Oh shit, all of a sudden, this thing right here is not what I want. And it doesn't have to apply to just work, it applies to all aspects of your life, right? Do you want that person in your life? Do you want that job? Do you want to be in that community? Do you want to be doing that thing? Or do you want, are you a totally different person and you've just been living against the grain? So tell me, what does it look like now that both you and your husband have done, have started something that, well, you weren't quite passionate about this, this business plan building for written uh, success. So you have come to fall in love with it. Is that my understanding? Yeah. I mean, now it's so much more than business plans. A business plan is a document and you send it to an investor or to a banker or you use it for yourself and it just outlines your plan, right? right? It's kind of boring in and of itself. But to create a business plan with an entrepreneur, with somebody that's working nine to five, who's planning their exit strategy, it's way more than just a document, right? Now you're talking about, okay, what's your vision? What is your dream? What is the, what is the passion that's going to drive this business? And it's really helping them paint the picture towards what steps to take to make that a reality. So it's, yeah, there's a document and that, that's fine and good. But it's really that uncovering of what do you want and how do we get you there? And, you know, the, the, the biggest block that happens with people, besides fear of the unknown, it's, I don't know if I have enough money to make this work. And I don't know if I can get the money that I need. Yeah. And so what people will do is like, well, I have, you know, 30,000 in my 401k. And I have to say, well, hey, do you think that's enough money? And they're usually yeah. like, no. And I'm like, well, let's get it. Let's get the other money. You yeah. Need to succeed. Because you don't want to come out of the gate knowing that you're, you're behind the ball. So working through all that with them and kind of seeing other people's spirit light up with, the possibilities that they didn't even know existed. That's what makes it so much better for me today than it ever was before. Because before it was admin work. It's, it's a, wow. you know, a written document. Now it's, it's so much more than that. It's so what I'm hearing is actually you are inspired by the 
helping the visionary see the actual vision in um, more, I would say, in more business terms, right? Because it can be really um, cool to have a dream and a vision, but one of the reasons why I brought you on is the capital aspect of it, right? Businesses have a, a really tough, tough disadvantage, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, about raising capital, maintaining funding within business, and being able to succeed past the, you know, the can of beans and the almost bank. Like you and I are going to be real here. We've both almost lost everything, right? Like it is a real, real thing with entrepreneurship. It's not, um, it's not sunshine and lollipops. It's not fucking like that, right? And so being real about your financial needs is huge. But before you even get into that, you start to look at the real business prospect of this visionary's vision, and that's what ignites you. Okay, so you've got your husband doing what he loves. You are now absolutely doing what you love. What has that done, if anything, for your guys' home life, for your kids, and maybe for people in your community or outside of you guys? Yeah, it's actually, it's created a freedom that we didn't know that we wanted or that could even be had. So for instance, you know, my husband, his business, he runs a car wash. Um, he doesn't have to physically be there every day. And Wait, you know, your husband loves car washing? He's, yeah, yes. I fucking love it. <laughs> Anything yeah. you put your mind to, anything, anything, okay, keep going. So he runs a car wash. He runs a car wash and it's, um, it's something that allows him so much freedom and he's a car fanatic, mind you. So he's in love with cars. So this is like his dream. And then it allows him to, yes, work with what he loves, yeah. but it also lets him be a better part of the family. So he is, I mean, part of what drew me to him was he's such a family oriented person anyway, Um, but so for him, you know, picking up our son from therapy every day is a big deal for him to be able to go do no matter what time it is. And for me, it's same thing. Walking my daughter home from school every day was the biggest thing that I wanted. And I got that. And that is something that is special, you know, being home in the middle of the day at three o'clock and knowing that I have a gap in my meeting strategically so that I can go be a mom and to cook dinner and to do whatever I have to do domestically. Um, and being able to go travel and take, you know, business trips that I actually want to take, like going, I went on a marketer's cruise in January and met a whole bunch of folks. It was this big networking party at sea. I would have never been able to do that if I was working no. a nine to five, you know? And so it's just stuff like that. It's, it creates this happiness in our home. And yeah, money's, you know, a discussion point once in a while. Yeah. But we work together now. It's very much like if, if the car wash needs help, it's, where can I step it up and vice versa? And we work so collaboratively that way that it's never a negative anymore. Not the way that it used to be before we knew that we wanted to support each other in this way in entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what I'm hearing massively out of this is not only freedom, but choice, right? There's so much choice to, to be had, to be made. It works for you guys. It's making your lives easier. And what I'm also hearing is you're feeling really fulfilled, right? Like things are really good. Yeah, things are amazing. It's it's allowed us to explore, you know, things like taking improv classes at the local comedy club and taking dance lessons together and just being able to celebrate each other's wins in business and having a balanced work life yeah. existence together with our family, you know, as individuals, as 
personal humans that want to grow as individuals and as a couple and as a parent and as a friend. And, you know, you can't do all that if you're burdened and boggled by the daily grind of something you hate or that you just don't feel fulfilled by or that you just, right. you feel like there's something missing in it. And if you're not free to chase what's missing, you know, I mean, you only get one life. You have to do what you can to maximize every second of it. 100%. I say this all the time. You have one life. You need to maximize on that one life. You need to take advantage every day. And it sounds like a bunch of like super fucking positive shit. But the reality is, is it, it is true. You have one life. The 24 hours from yesterday, you're never fucking getting back. And so what are you going to do with this, you know, remaining 12 hours or the remaining 24 hours? You just got to build for each day, right? And And that's the piece. And so I'm hearing even more that it's it's not only brought the family together more and that there's balance, but it's really changed the outlook, right? You are in a position where you guys are doing something not only that you love, but it's changed your mindset. And now you are in a place or a position where it's evident that you're growing, right? Like are, you're constantly growing. Is that correct? And I mean, individually, personally, right? Yeah, individually. Um, as a for instance, there was I've had a dream since I heard about um, Tesla. I am not a materialistic person. Not like I couldn't care less about yeah. getting it. Tesla. I was like, I really want a Tesla. I really freaking want a Tesla. And I was like, I can't justify the cost. Can't do it. Doesn't make sense. I have a perfectly good car. Um, there was a moment where I said, Why the hell not? Yeah. Why not? Why can't I have a Tesla? What I did, Ravi, was I decided to make it an income source. And so I decided to list it on, um, we have a company called Turo, where you could rent your car out and make money with it. Oh. I found out that the Tesla, had their, one of their cars, I could get it and I could, make, I could make money with that car. And I bought the damn thing at the end of December. Yeah. And it's, make, it's a profitable vehicle now. So not only do I not pay for gas, but it makes me money. But then it was a mindset shift because I had to say, I deserve it if I want it. It's okay to want that. And I'm doing other things, personal growth, intelligent things, things that are going to help me be a better person, things that are charity driven. And sometimes it's okay to reward yourself and say that, you know, if you want it, it's okay to want it. Let's make that a reality plan for that. And so I planned for it. Um, But that kind of thing is something that my husband and I, we get excited about all the time. Like what else are we going to plan for? What else are we going to strive for together and work towards, you know, Um, and how can we make it cash neutral and how can we make it to where it isn't a negative Um, and setting an example for our kids and showing our kids, you know, we wanted this, we had to create money for it. Money doesn't grow on trees. You have to figure out how to work for what you want. Um, So stuff like that is just like never, neither of us, me or my husband thought that way five years ago. wasn't even a thing. It was just, that's out of our league and we don't have extra money. And that would, that would have been the end of the discussion. So stuff like that reminds me of how much our mindsets have shifted in the last few years. Huge. I'm hearing like scarcity mindset when you're an employee, fear-driven, scarcity, limitation, right? And now as as someone who's reclaimed her own life, you know, taken your life by the horns and seriously led because you're leading, right? And what I'm hearing significantly here is now you're in an abundance mindset, resourcefulness. You guys, the amount of times I've heard, uh, Ashley, and you, sh- you got to be able to pick up on the nuances here, right? The amount of times I've heard Ashley reference resourcefulness. I think this was episode maybe five, six, how to, yeah, how to use resourcefulness to solve your problems, whatever that looks like. It is key to being able to shift the mindset, right? 
you had to act with resourcefulness. That was the first place you started when they gave you the ultimatum, right? And that, that journey or that process took some time and, and now you're here and now you're thinking about a fucking Tesla. Who would have thought of this? This is the craziest. I'm going to look into this for myself because I want a fucking Tesla. It's um, pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean? But taking that opportunity, what once would have been like, are you kidding me? And now you're like, no, I deserve it. I can monetize it to some degree. I can make it work for my family. It's totally going to work. And bam, December, we're in March. This is crazy. So let's talk about written success for a minute, because that is why, aside from the story, which as you can tell now, why guys, I had her on here, why I brought Ashley on. But part of the story is about a woman. This was phenomenal to me. A woman and a woman of color, just got to put it out there, charging leadership in the capital area of business. This is really different, just for the record. She's not building you a fucking funnel, you guys. She's not your fucking coach, although there's some coaching aspects to it, right? But she is mainly focused on how to raise capital in your business. And this, to me, is huge because I think in entrepreneurship, It is easy, especially in the online space, to get lost when it comes to capital. And I just needed someone on here to talk about this. Serendipitously, you showed up, Ashley, but it is vital and people don't get it. So talk to us a little bit more about this side of your business. So what I do for people is I help them find where the money is hiding so usually folks, let, like I said before, money is a reason why they don't move forward is, is one of their blocks. When you're talking about fundraising for your business, whether it's a business that exists already or it's just an idea in your head that you've, you haven't taken action on, there are places you can go. There are investors who specifically deal with businesses of your type. There are banks that specifically lend to startups like you. And if you don't know they exist or you don't know what they're looking for, then there's no way in the world for you to prepare for that. So what I try to do is educate and inform and let people know, you know, if you want to go get a bank loan, go get a bank loan. All you need is a 620 credit score for most institutions. And you need, you know, a little bit of down payment and a business plan. And, you know, they're ready to hand you six figures with the right background. Um, And there's there's other options with investors and there's investor networks of, of wealthy individuals looking to support startups and to support entrepreneurs with specific challenges, single moms, people that are trying to start something that improves the world, you name it, there's an investor out there for you. And so sometimes it's just being honest and saying, you know what, I need like $2 million to make this business idea work. Okay, let it be a scary number for a second and then move on and let's find that 2 million because it's out there. Money is everywhere. It's an abundance mindset. There is no scarcity as far as what is available to you. You just have to decide you're ready to take it. So working with people on capital for their business, part of the business plan is, you know, figuring out how much money do you really need? And I walk with them through that process and we get to that magic number. And once you have that magic number, it's freeing, it's liberating, whether it's, you know, $500 or it's $5 million, knowing that number gives you a target. And a lot of entrepreneurs, once they have that target, they're like, all right, now I know what I'm looking for. I know what I'm chasing. I know what my next step is. And then things start falling into place. Without yeah. fail, without fail, Ravi. Yeah. It's like once the business plan is done, stuff just starts just happening. 
just it just starts happening because you have to put it because on you're seeing it now, right? You're not yeah. you're you you see it, and that's part of like that electromagneticism, you guys, or that woo woo shit. If you want manifesting whatever the fuck you want, but the reality is when you change the vibrations because we're all built like that, right? We've got the positive, the negatives. We we're built like that. The moment you change what you're focused on, now you see it in plain sight clearly. And so one of the things you said that was really important was that getting real, right? No fucking bullshit about your numbers. Get real about the numbers, what you need. And then you have someone who's specialized, right? No deal it yourself kind of situation. When you have someone specialized helping you in this, what you do is you have the ability to look at it in plain sight. It alleviates a lot of that anxiety that that built up, right? It's just made up by us for for preservation's sake, right? We're trying to protect ourselves. So now when you've got that actual value in front of you, it you're right. Now you're looking at it. Now you're manifesting it. It's happening because it's in your realm of reality. You're focused on it. And just like that, and, and I'm certain it happened for you even when you left your job and walked into business, same shit happens. It's just like that. When you're focused, it happens. So you put out the number and now the person is in a better position to be able to run their business, have capital funding their business, right? Yeah. And when you start from a place where you have cash, obviously things are a lot easier without, without a doubt. But it's funny, people, um, they discount the fact that your business plan is kind of like your vision board for your business. I mean, once it's on paper, this is, this is everything, right? This is every piece you need to manifest to make this whole thing work. Um, and if you're open-minded and if you're curious-minded and you're saying, you know, let's see what I have to put together or what I have to be accepting of to make this whole thing work, things just start falling into place. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard to tell people that, you know, once you have your business plan, the rest of it just kind of starts happening. Even if you're not doing anything in particular to make it happen, things just start, but it's true. It's you're manifesting everything that you've put on paper just by having it done. Yeah. Um, and, and it's scary to get to that point where you're putting it on paper where that's a lot of my clients, their first time seeing it on paper is when they put it on the business plan and they'll go, it's just been in my head all this time and I couldn't get it on paper. And now that it's out, it's like this huge burden has been lifted because Absolutely. It's, it's out. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> it's real, there right? It's real. When you put it on that paper, it is real. It is in actual value, right? There's actual value associated to your business, your idea. It's not even your business. It's your idea. So I do like how you associated though, the, um, the kind of the manifestation or the, the, you know, the spiritual side of things, right, guys? Let's get real. There's a spiritual side or a spiritual component to anything you put your mind through, right? Or to anything you put your mind to. But there's one piece to be spiritual about it and to to hope for it and to wish for it and to think about it and to vision board about it and all that stuff. Great. It's it's usually what gets us going, right? It's the first first part. But the second part is the actual action component, right? And so what we've done here today is we've laid out the action component in real terms. You can take your vision board and put it on a business plan. Like how fucking clear is that, right? You take what you thought and now you make it a reality, right? And so when it comes to investing in capital and writing the business plan, give them an idea. Where do they start first if they're ever to start? 
as far as raising capital goes. Just yeah. Now. The first step is, of course, having the business plan, because when you are talking to somebody, <clears throat> either an institution or an investor or a possible partner that just has some cash to possibly support you with, they're not going to take you seriously unless you've got a business plan. That is your key to have a conversation. Um, once you have the business plan done, your next step is learning how to pitch your own idea and learning how to talk to people in a way where they don't go, that's a stupid idea. No, you oh, got yeah. to talk to them. You have to be able to sell your own vision because usually we're the worst people to sell what we've created because we're too close to it. Yeah. And you have to, and, and that's part of, even when you're writing your business plan or you're working with somebody writing it, that's part of that process is, is actually intuiting what is the right way to phrase this and to position this so that people can understand and digest and accept it, get excited about it, and then be wanting to throw money at it because that's the end goal is to get them to support you in that way. Yeah. Um, so the very first step, the business plan, and then the pitch of the business plan and actually practicing that. Um, and of course, understanding who your targets are, because if you want a million bucks versus $10,000, it's a different audience. Yeah. So knowing that audience comes out of knowing your number and knowing your number comes out of having a finished business plan. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And what I'm hearing throughout this entire part, again, like I swear we did not rehearse this to you guys. There is no scripting, none of this shit. I said, we're coming on, we're having a conversation, we're going to go with it. But the reality is, is you've hit the nail on the head of so many topics that have already been covered, right? 17 episodes, you guys, is basically all that Ashley's talked about. She's talked about resourcefulness, mindset, um, taking action, but also you've just talked about objectivity, right? It's you've, you're placing things in an objective view, an objective frame. There's a whole process to this. And what you're doing is you are now getting uncomfortable, getting out of your own shit. And that's upstairs, right? In your mind and getting real. Is this a real dream? Is this really what I want to do? And if it is, let's get objective about it, right? Let's put it into realistic terms that not sells per se, but is absorbed is what I'm hearing, right? It's absorbed. Yeah. You have to, you have to have the ability to educate people about what you're trying to do. Yeah. And usually naysayers come out when they just didn't hear you correctly. Um, they'll say that's stupid or that'll never work or that's a horrible idea. They just didn't hear you correctly. And that might be because they have blocks and a piece of it could be that you're delivering it in a way that should be improved. Yeah. So taking all that honestly and saying, maybe I can get better at pitching my idea. You know, usually that's where entrepreneurs find that things, you know, all these barriers get lifted because now people can hear them and can understand and then get behind what it is they're trying to do. That's amazing. That's amazing. I am so, I can't believe how much you have talked about here and how much value you have given. There's everything from life, right? Life advice, life examples through to business. And like, I mean, venture capital or capital raising, whatever that looks like, that is a, a real thing because people don't talk about that piece, right? They talk about all the other components that work in business, your productivity, your fucking funnel, your membership sites, your blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, an entrepreneur can only do so much when there's only so much in the bank account, right? You can't open that membership account up. You can't go and get those business cards. You cannot get I mean, for some entrepreneurs, it's as simple as getting on the closest bus, right, in order to get to that networking event, and they need to pay 15 bucks for that networking event, and they need to pay $255 for that bus, and then they need to look like they're not starving Marvin, and so they need to buy food at this fucking function, right? 
And these are real fears. Well, how do I do that? I can't do that. I can't do that. And so this is huge. This is part of the process is getting capital into your business. And sometimes it's not always with that first or fifth or seventh client. It's about getting actual money in there so you can continue to work with those clients and continue to provide the services that you do have. And so Ashley helps you with that, right? And so what does it look like if they come knocking on your door, your virtual door, Ashley? What does it look like when we come to you and actually want help? What's yeah, I mean, the first step is to say, I think I need help with my idea or my business plan or my pitch. And sometimes, you know, we come out of that conversation with, you know what, you don't even need a person helping you. You've already got it all. You just need to sit down and write it. Sometimes it's, you don't need an investor. You don't need as much capital as you think you do. If you just get a couple of sales, you'll meet your goals. And so part of my job is to help you uncover what is that next step look like for your situation? I'm not selling anything other than what you need. I'm not here to sell you a funnel. I'm not here to sell you Facebook ads. I'm not here to sell you any specific path except for the one that is the shortest between you and your goal. So we just talk about what your goal is and how to get you there as quickly as possible with as little as money, as little money as you need, but definitely what you need. Um, and sometimes that means building your business plan with you. Sometimes that means guiding you to the right person or the right network. Um, but ultimately the goal is to get you where you need to be for your next steps. Absolutely. I I appreciate that. And pushing them in a direction that's specific to their needs, right? It's not about a Facebook ad is going to solve your problems or a Google ad or go and put up a booth at the next expo or whatever that looks like, right? It could be that it's a bank loan or it could be that you've got, a socially uh, conscious investor, right? Who wants to put money into socially conscious solutions, right? Or it's as simple as you got to go get that next sale, right? You, you don't need these guys. You need to get the next sale. So there's a real, again, objective approach there for you and, and to kind of move into that direction. So you guys have a lot to chew on there today. I think this has been an awesome, awesome, awesome um, interview. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I I want to stress that, as Ashley said, you got to make a plan, right? It's not only about in business, but if you're going to take that running leap towards your dream, she said nine months. It took me six months from the day I said, you know what? It's it. You got to create that plan. And then once you get into the next phase, which is how do I make this dream work? You need to knock on her door and you need to say, help me get somewhere with this dream. And so Ashley, where do they go if they need to connect with you? Where does everybody go? Yeah, go visit writtensuccess.co. Yeah. Writtensuccess.co. Um, you can schedule a consult directly with me. I'm always the first point of contact when it comes to my clients. So if you want to have a conversation, they're always free. And I'm glad to talk to you. Yeah. And you guys should check out the video on her homepage. It's actually really great. She'll probably know inside out more about your business than you will know. I thought that was awesome. I was like, this girl's my jam. I love it. (laughs) So that's pretty rad. I appreciate everybody for listening. Before we head out, I need to say, and forgive me if I say this wrong, but Doug Warpod, thank you so much for your review on episode 14. I love it. Thank you. You guys, if you love this episode, please, please, please leave Ashley and I a review. Let Ashley know how she did today and that if you liked it, let me know as well so I can bring more of this to you. Leave your rating and review. And and I believe Ashley is leaving us some templates for business plans. Is that correct? That's right. 
right? So I'm going to have a link below with a link direct to my resources page that will link you directly to Ashley. So let's get on this. If you are an entrepreneur, get clear, get objective about your business, talk to Ashley. If you are still struggling, I want you to understand that there are now two people in the realm of lit who are telling you that it's possible and it's real. You just need to commit to yourself. It was a pleasure, Ashley. Thank you so much. And thank you thank guys you, for li- listening. Talk soon. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lit. I am so grateful to have you as an audience member. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to hit subscribe and leave your review. For more resources, tips, and tools, head over to www.ravitour.co. I'll be back with another episode next week, but until then, stay lit.